Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any healthcare-related decisions. Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluid, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. Suck it up, Buttercup. Welcome to the Perimeta Podcast. I'm Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. On this episode, we'll talk about the damn scale. <laughs> Wait, gang, man, you so, no matter how close or far away you are from the weight you want to be, perimenopause delivers a sucker punch right from her big old bag of what the fuck <laughs> by adding weight gain into the mix. Precious, right? Our bodies already decided to carry those extra baby pounds, the stress eating, the COVID lockdown, and every other damn thing, and now this? Are you kidding me? I know personally I eat less than I ever have and the scale keeps creeping up. What the hell is going on, Suzanne? Right, I know. You second to sleep issues, weight gain is the symptom of perimenopause and menopause that women experience the most. Weight is multifactorial. That weight gain is has multiple reasons for it and different in certain phases of hormonal change. So I think for simplicity today, what we'll do, do is divide this uh, journey up into phases, the yellow zone, red zone, and green zone. And the yellow zone will be that part of hormonal change that's the first to happen, usually 10 years prior to your last period. So for someone, women can start as early as 35 or maybe 40 years of age and last 10 years. The red zone. Wait, so the yellow zone is that place where a lot of listeners who are listening to the Paramena podcast are probably in. You got all kinds of symptoms running at you left and right, but you're still having periods. Exactly. Yellow zone. So true, yellow zone. So there's different kind of things that might be affecting your metabolism and that weight gain uh, that will keep you from budging the scale. The next is the red zone. Red it's zone. A really red narrow zone. zone. I wish I had like a siren or a, like a <laughs> roo, roo. Right, well, exactly. Wait, when you say red zone, I'm going to like do the siren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time, I hope so. Okay. So red zone. The red zone, Woo. we're going to define that as that time between your last period and 12 months later. So that's also when, by definition, your physician will call you postmenopausal. So by definition, 12 months after your last period, that's when you become officially menopausal. And that 12 months, which you don't necessarily know that you're in, will be the red zone. So that's, it's the red zone, and you don't even know you're in it. Yes. <laughs> your body does. Your hormones do. But you don't know. You don't know. Because you could be expecting a period anytime. Right. And... Okay, yeah, that's nice. I know. The red zone sneaks up on you. The surprise red zone. Okay, so red zone. Surprise red zone. And this is also the most challenging time for women for weight loss because it's when 
your everything's working against you, your brains, your hormones, your metabolism to keep the weight on. And we'll talk about that in this podcast. Then the light at the end of the tunnel will be green zone when finally you're in post menopause. And that's actually where things start to stabilize. And we call that the green zone because the pastures are greener on the (laughs) The other side of menopause. That's right. Okay, (laughs) perfect. So I haven't had a period for 12 months. Mm -hmm. My my shit's going crazy, but I haven't had a period for 12 months and all of a sudden... Oh, yeah. So you're better. It'll be better. So just realize with all that we're talking about, it's a touchy subject. It's something women usually have had to deal with their whole lives. And just know that really there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So perfect. Well, let's start in the yellow zone then. Okay. Talk about my weight in the yellow zone. Right. Well, not, not my weight, my, my people, right. My yellow zone girls. Yes. Let's talk about that. Okay, so the yellow zone, it's, we're talking about that 10 years prior to the last period. So 35 would be a kind of an early time for that. 40s, more typical. Remember that in the United States, we have a lot of trouble with people being overweight. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of obesity. And most women, 43% are overweight. They have a BMI higher than 27 So what's happened, unfortunately, for a lot of Americans is that every year we get about a two to three pound weight gain, sometimes around the holidays, and that weight just doesn't go off. So over 10 years, that might be 20 pounds. I feel it. 20 pounds overweight. I feel you. Yes. Right. Yes. As you're gaining weight, especially if you're not watching things, you'll have changes in appetite hormones that make you think that you're eating the same, but you're really eating more, and they're ghrelin and leptin. Great. Uh, Wait, cool. yeah, that's a mouthful. That's it is. A, that's a mouthful of rocks full. Say it again. Grerlin. Spell it. G H E R L I N. Okay, grerlin and leptin. Leptin. Okay, so those are hormones that directly affect appetite. One makes you feel like you're full, yeah. uh, and the other one just affects appetite in general. Okay, so, so I got these two hormones. Yeah. So when you're, when you're not overweight and you're maintaining your weight, these hormones are naturally less. So that results in early feeling of fullness and decreased appetite. It will ha- can happen naturally if you're, if you're watching things a little bit in this zone, in this yellow zone. Okay. So the other thing that can really affect uh, weight gain or contribute to struggles with losing weight are lack of sleep and lack of exercise that can contribute to that. And that will cause fatigue. That's part of some of that poor habit cycle that can kind of cyclically cause you to have weight gain. When you have lower muscle mass, say you're not doing as much exercise, you might have a desk job, you have lower muscle mass, you might have lower resting metabolism. So you're just not burning calories when you're sitting there. Well, and let's go back to something right there. You said lack of sleep. Yes. Well, just in the last episode, we talked about how difficult sleeping can be mm-hmm. in perimenopause because mm-hmm. you've got so many things working against you and how important it is to break that sleep cycle. Right. So, you know, for no other reason, fix your sleep cycle so that the weight situation isn't so problematic for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is correct. So, so if you fix your sleep, you might end up handling your stress better during the day. That will help you make healthier food choices. 
like we tend to actually, if you look at a person typically through the day who's really trying to watch things, they do really well at the very beginning. And then when they get home after work and they've been stressed out, they start to eat more and more. You kind of, it's kind of a spiral there in the evening. So stress plays an important part and sleep, good sleep, so you don't get tired and fatigued making better food choices in the evening. Uh, so that's probably some of the reasons of why that works. And like I said also, if you increase your, your muscle mass, that helps your resting metabolism during this, this phase. So in continuing to do some weight-bearing exercise. Yeah, the other thing that can affect uh, weight gain uh, during the yellow zone we're typically burning the candle at both ends as women, yes, right? Yes. Maybe we have kids, you know, maybe more than one. Uh, we may also have a job that we're trying to balance. We may have so older parents. We might have older parents. We're trying to help manage. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, definitely. De so much stress. And your job, we've mentioned it time and time again. Women who get to this age are really peaking in their careers, mm -hmm. right? And peaking means stress. Mm -hmm. Peaking means there's more to do, there's more dependent, there's things are happening, uh, and there's a ton more stress. So mm -hmm. just put that on the stress scale. Exactly. That's so true. So that stress hormone, cortisol, it's actually a hormone that increases appetite. So when people take hormone that hormone uh, endogenously like by a pill prednisone it increases weight gain so that actually causes you to gain more weight great so yeah I'm so stressed controlling out. your stress is helpful <laughs> for maintaining your weight which is really challenging in your 40s absolutely yeah so as much as you can do to be kind to yourself there so the other thing in the yellow zone that that we're struggling with is that a lot of Americans have a really high carbohydrate diet that really stimulates insulin production. Uh, insulin, you might have heard, is a hormone that is lacking in people with diabetes. It controls carbohydrates. It controls your blood sugar levels, but it's also a storage hormone of fat. So nice. if you eat a high carbohydrate diet, which is a typical American diet, pasta, potatoes, breads, um, chips, beer, lit alcohol. Uh, if you're eating you're that hard. Right <laughs> you're smirking my soul with everything you just said. Yes. Those yeah. are my favorite things. I know. They're most Americans' favorite things. <laughs> well, I think they're most people around the world's it, favorite right, things. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's totally, it's what we reward ourselves with. It's our celebration, a birthday cake, a, a beer at the end of the day, a pizza at the end of a softball game. We're always rewarding ourselves with carbohydrates. So that habit really makes us uh, have blood sugar fluctuations, which actually stimulate your appetite and make you want to eat more, and also increases your insulin level, which causes you to store more fat. All um, right, so, uh, uh, so everything is piling on in the 40s <laughs> that are really difficult to, to control, right. like stress, like sleeplessness, like Yes. Eating food that I love. Mm -hmm. Right. So all, so all those things are making me fat. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thanks. Well, but, I know. Okay. And, and you know, because it's a challenging time, you want to use all the tools in the tool chest. Just remember, you might take a probiotic. They've been shown in some studies. 
uh, to actually help maintain weight or lessen weight. Uh, so it's also very good for your immune system to take a probiotic every day. Okay, taking a probiotic, check. What else? <laughs> you might also consider fasting. Fasting? Like yes. not eating? Like not eating for a period of time each day. Say more. That resets your metabolism. It resets your appetite hormones. Those ghrelin that we talked about earlier yes. and leptin. So that way you have a decreased appetite uh, naturally. Uh, it might be the reason why thin people are able to stay thin because they have less of these two hormones. Uh, so if you fast, maybe every day, maybe five days a week, maybe three days a week, which can really be just going 12 hours with no food. Okay, you scared me a minute. You said fast, and that means like no food ever. And I'm like, that's not right. going to happen. So let me ask you a quick question. On some social media sites, you see these little charts. Yes. And it says if you're this age, don't eat between this hour and this hour. Yeah. If you're this age, I'm not even going to say what social media site it is, but everybody listening, I swear, has seen this pop-up ad come mm -hmm. up. Do I pay any attention to that, or we do? Is it is it really age based that you should do this? I think intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. or is intermittent fasting just a phase? It's just a popularity word. Well, I think it's a it's a you know the longer you fast, technically the ghrelin and leptin will be less. But if you just want to kind of get a little bit of a reset of those appetite hormones, you can do it effectively with just twelve hours. Which is what we naturally want to do. Uh, that's like why we have breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast. Yes. So okay. you can, that will help and that will reset your appetite. So these are recommendations that are based on studies. Other fad diets may not be helpful. Remember that some cleanses really result in mild dehydration uh, that tips the scale to less weight, but really what you're doing is robbing your body of water and your weight will typically come right back on. All right, so no juice cleanses, no crazy ass drinking, what was it, the cabbage soup diet, I think, back in, <laughs> way back in the day, doing these things that allegedly cleanse your gut and your colon, mm -hmm. which are not effective, long-term weight management right. programs. Check. Got right, it. Okay. right, right. Okay, so that's the yellow zone. Right, and yellow so, zone. So there's, there's a lot of shit that's happening, and it's impacting me, but the way I need to address it is understand why I might be doing it and pay attention. Right. Multiple factors at your control, stress, what you put in, your exercise. That's truly the best way to do it because you want to start the red zone at an, a good weight, like not too overweight because that's the really challenging time. And if I'm already overweight, I'm already overweight though, right? Right. You're already overweight. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, right. you start where you are, but do the best you can yeah. up and into this point. Right. Know that you've got a lot of control over it in that, that zone. So once you hit the red zone, okay, which remember, is, you don't even know if you've you hit the red zone. Yeah. That's the crazy I part. know. <laughs> Welcome to the right. red zone. You don't know <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's a, you, you'll definitely find weight gain. In fact, maybe that will be one of your first symptoms. What the hell? I'm doing what I did before, and look at this. I'm just gaining weight. I have heard that, is that women are like, look, I exercise four or five days a week. Mm -hmm. I eat well. I am at a good weight. I kept doing the same thing and kept gaining weight. I haven't so, changed a thing. I haven't changed a damn yeah. thing and I'm still gaining weight. <laughs> right. So there's a possibility that they had a period. They're just not going to have any more. Right. But they don't 
my yeah. God. Okay. Absolutely. Red zone. So true. So that's the red zone. And that is truly when you are going to have challenges with weight loss at all. So it's not the time to try to lose a lot of weight. It, you might have weight gain. That's fairly typical. Even if you're doing all the best things and really counting calories. But it's a difference between gaining two pounds and or 10 to 20 pounds. So you have that control. So it's still time to be diligent and not throw in the towel completely thinking, I'm just going to gain weight no matter what, because you still do have some control. Well, you are going to gain weight no matter what. It's just a matter yes. of how much. Yeah, exactly. It's a matter of how much. And it, that weight gain, it's so interesting because it's typically in the belly. Uh, so in sexy. the abdomen, right? Just right. It's it's. And when you think about, so why is that? Uh, I always gain weight in a different place. So yeah. why would I get it in my belly? Right in the red zone. Exactly. I know why? women typically like we think about getting in the hips. Well, our hormone panel is changing to less estrogen. In fact, maybe no estrogen, and that's resulting in this this relative excess testosterone which makes our fat distribute like a man's. So like a oh. beer, you know, like a gut. Say, like a, man say a beer gut. A beer gut. You're going to get a beer gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, so it's a testosterone. it's not humiliating enough. Result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that might be one of your first signs That's of menopause. That's you know, up, it might be, you might have hot flashes too. You might have the sensation, the cessation of periods. But you might also get this belly, and that is your your clues to menopause might be happening, even though I don't get any other information. Now, you don't call it a beer belly in your practice, though, no, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> I like to call it truncal obesity. <laughs> Trunk. Which is, I know, maybe not, maybe not to a patient so much, but I'll just say a belly. (laughs) I thought beer belly really gave you the picture. (laughs) I don't know, trunkal obesity. But just remember that this is a short period of time. It's typically the worst six to 12 months after that last period. And of your life. Uh, And it's only occurs once in your life. So this is when we need to kind of be diligent. So time to reset. You time to take control, and you the things that we mentioned in the yellow zone. Some of those can be helpful. Um, well, I think they'd be even more important than ever, right? They're more important. I mean, than ever. look, it's here's the thing. I think what I hear you saying is here's the takeaway: this train is coming, mm-hmm. right, Mister Trunkle Obesity? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be there. The question is: is how are you gonna manage it? Because mm-hmm. right. you have choices. I mean, yes, it's coming, but is it going to be a little bit or is it going to be a lot of it? Mm-hmm. And you control whether which side of that you know equation it's going to happen. Right. Ugh, I hate right. the sound of this already, but okay, at least I have some control, <laughs> which I do like. Yes, good, good, good. So there's like three prongs, maybe we can say. Like right. it's uh, about watching your diet, managing stress. And maybe adding a little bit of exercise, especially exercise that might help you deal with stress too. Mm. Uh, so, and plus minus on maybe hormone therapy. So that might be a, a fourth prong to how to handle and live through this red zone. I think also knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel is helpful for a lot of people. Check. To yeah. think like, th- it's like, this is it. This is the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, well, let's, let's dig into those just a little bit. Calories, go. I really have to count calories, Suzanne. I mean, am I gonna have to count the damn calories? You are right, Becca. That's one of the best ways. <laughs> I know this goes way back. I feel like I heard about calorie count counting in the 80s, 70s, you know, but, uh, but that is a very helpful way to keep track of what you're eating because it can get away from you if you're just really relying on the at your appetite to tell you. So it's good if you can count calories. We, there are some online resources for that. We, we recommend that you use calculator.net. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing is when Suzanne and I were trying to talk about, well, how many calories is that? What we came down to is every woman is different as you know, mm -hmm. and everybody's calorie intakes and requirements are different. So don't let us make a recommendation for you. Do the work yourself. Go on to something like calculator.net. It'll ask you some questions about your age, your height, your, you know, that you're female and it'll give you what are you gonna what's it gonna take to maintain what's it gonna take to lose a little and what's it gonna take to lose a lot now remember if you're in the red zone you're not in it for weight loss you want to maintain or minimize mm -hmm. go find out how many calories you have to actually eat right and actually I, stunned, I mean way, when I did mine uh, <laughs> uh, this and studies show that if you're just counting something that will help you maintain or or have better control over what it is that you're taking in so counting calories. If you have a family history of diabetes or you have diabetes yourself, it's probably a good strategy to try counting carbohydrates uh, because that, that helps lower insulin levels. So trying to keep that to less than 125 grams a day. Uh, yeah, but Suzanne, I'm keto. I did a keto diet already. Actually, right. Diet to, I'm fine. Keto is so lovely because it naturally decreases insulin and the leptin and ghrelin so that you don't feel so hungry all the time. But you might be eating lots and lots of calories, which is going to be bad for maintaining weight. You probably will have weight gain if you're doing the keto a keto approach. So if keto is good for me before the red zone... Uh, it might, might be, be careful. Now. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Just to know. Good to know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget that you might have a wellness program at work that might give you access to a nutritionist, and they're very helpful. Anytime that you have a, a counselor or a promoter or somebody that can get you on track to where it is that you might be uh, sneaking in things that are are unhealthy for you and your diet then that's a good resource because you kind of want to make your tribe of people nice to have a nutritionist on board yeah and this was so what we're also talking about too and i've had access to this in past uh, jobs is this isn't part of the regular insurance plan that you get through blue cross or humana or something like this this would be above and beyond a lot of times it's bundled in with you get a visit with a mental health professional you get so many sessions you get a, a, to an, an attorney or something sometimes that help you write a will and a nutritionist is often like eh, that number that's page five of that program but don't <laughs> overlook it because the value is really there if you are struggling to figure out what do you got to do next. Right. It's a time when you're feeling out of control somewhat with your body. It's, things are happening kind of like what happened with uh, adolescence, total <laughs> hormonal changes, like what the heck is happening. So it's nice to have your 
group of experts that are helping you in that mental, emotional, physical arena. So don't be afraid to ask for help. I, women are tend to be pretty independent and try to take things on themselves, but find your tribe. Yeah. Now that we've talked about diet, I want to give you the other prong of good weight maintenance, and that's exercise. It's not helpful for weight loss, get that out of your mind, but it is really good for weight maintenance. Uh, it's also good for helping your resting metabolism. It's good for stress reduction, and it's good for your heart. We know that it helps keep your strong heart, and women are, are prone to heart disease. We, that's kind of underestimated. So you wanna keep exercising. It doesn't have to be rigorous exercise. It can be walking. You might have a goal of like 5,000 to 10,000 steps, five days a week. Another goal might be 20 to 30 minutes of exercise, uh, aerobic exercise four or five times a week. You can spread it out into increments, like 10 minute increments that stack up to 30. Now hold uh, on, you're telling me five days a week I gotta do aerobics, five days a week I gotta walk 10,000 steps? Five to 10,000 steps. It would be ideal as a goal. Because <laughs> exercise is just so good for all of well-being, for, for your muscles, for your joints, for, for your brain. We just know exercise is such a good thing. Getting out there and exercising is really good. And it could just be walking or it could be doing some aerobic exercise. Does yoga count? Yoga is very helpful. And it gives you some of that weight-bearing exercise with inversions and push-ups and that sort of thing. Now, some of some of the people listening may not be on the five day a week exercise trend, <laughs> and so they're they're not they're not continuing that right. right. They're starting from inactivity or immobility. Yeah. Okay, and so you know something is better than nothing. Right. Walk around the block. Right. Walk around the block. Go to one beginner yoga class. You can do it on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube if you don't feel comfortable going out to a class where everybody is rail thin and flexible as a rubber band. So, but the thing is about this is start somewhere. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you live a sedentary lifestyle, which <clears throat> so many of us do, <laughs> it's not a matter of you have to be the superstar athlete who is already at the top of their game. Do something. Right. Yeah. Do something, and you might find that that walk around the block invigorates you enough to do two walks around the block, mm -hmm. or releases your stress that you have been carrying on your shoulders that's actually making that knot right yeah. by your neck. That might release it, mm -hmm. right? Right. Do, yeah. so, do something. I am so glad that you pointed that out because I do feel like sometimes with recommendations, people feel like it's all or none. It, thank but you. it yes. doesn't have to be that at all. In fact, it's best if you find something that you find really inspiring. Yeah. Maybe that's a dance class. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's archery. Maybe it's hiking. Uh, you know, maybe it's learning how to paddleboard or kayak. It's maybe it's yoga. Uh, whatever it is that you find motivating that gets you moving is going to be, especially if it's enjoyable, it's going to help be two pronged by helping your body stay healthy and also helping that stress reduction too. And it's something you can look forward to. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing is it doesn't have to be costly. Mm -hmm. There's this idea that, oh, if I'm not doing soul cycle or whoop, sorry, mm -hmm. they don't sponsor us. I'm not going to say their name. Uh, you know, if I'm not doing an organized class that costs me hundreds of dollars a month, that's not worth it. That's not it. Again, there are free resources available on the, the interwebs. Mm -hmm. Go find those. If you've got a little bit of money, go to your local community center who have usually excellent facilities 
um, and try all the different things. I hate the gym. I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I love organized sports. I hate the gym. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I tried a Zumba class. Pfft, no. And then I tried a high impact fitness class. I found out I wasn't quite high impact yet. So I tried something else. I tried something else. And I found a yoga class. And yeah, I was a total dope in the beginning. And, but I found the, the yoga, there were three different yoga instructors. I found the one who I absolutely fell in love with. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. This is the type of change that you need to invest in mm -hmm. to get yourself to that exercise place. Because nobody's going to start running five miles a day, five days a week. Right. Because some morons on a podcast told them to. Right. Exactly. You know you the best. And you're trying to get through this really difficult time. So you're. it might need to research a little bit. And there's going to be some trial and error. But... Try not to get discouraged. We know that it's easy to because maybe you're not sleeping well. Maybe you're frustrated. There's many other demands on your time. But take the time to find something that you like doing. Manage stress. That's another fact part of this that we were talking about that definitely we know helps with weight maintenance. Uh, and that includes protecting your sleep, like we talked about at the last uh, the last podcast. Hot flashes, since hot flashes might be worsening this time, that might be interfering with sleep. You might consider adding black cohosh. That good sleep and helps you make better choices uh, when you're you know during the day if you're well rested. Uh, you have more motivation uh, for that. Another way to help stress is restorative yoga, meditation. Use an app, a breathing app that monitors your breath, that helps you monitor your breathing. Just remember to be kind and gentle to yourself since less stress helps that helps weight maintenance. The next prong to handling this red zone is estrogen replacement therapy. It might be helpful for maintaining weight. Estrogen replacement therapy is different from birth control pills. It's a combination of estrogen and progesterone typically, or it might just be estrogen alone. It might be estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. This is a big topic. There's a lot of options. We're not going to go into that right now. Uh, in future episodes, we'll talk about those different options, which will include pharmaceuticals, bioidenticals, and possibly herbals as well. Uh, the estrogen replacement therapy also has the added benefit of helping sleep, which we know helps stress and weight loss. Really important to try to avoid diet pills and injections that might be popular in the, on the market because those might result in yo-yo, yo-yoing uh, of your weight. They might also interfere with sleep. They might affect some of those negatively, some of the symptoms of menopause you're having. We don't have a lot of good data. They haven't been out long enough. So, so just don't go there by taking a, a, you know, a more popular weight loss medicine. It's not the time for that. I love that you said that, right? Because it's always like, well, if, if, if I can't get this to budge, I'm going to run to the pharmacy mm -hmm. and I'm going to have a pill take care of these five pounds that I've picked up. Right. And understanding that we don't know mm -hmm. how those drugs affect women in the red zone yet. Right. Yeah. And you don't want that. And guess what? Those are lifetime drugs too. Yes. You take it. You're on it forever because the minute you stop, you're back at it. Mm -hmm. So don't. Just, just don't. Just right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's other strategies like we were talking about here. Uh, and I know that there's a tendency to feel like maybe if I just take a pill, that'll fix things. But this is really not the time for that. It's important to do those things that are nurturing and healthy for you.
So the other part of this that I wanted to mention, because it goes along with the weight potential weight gain, is that menopause changes can activate autoimmune diseases, which could include thyroid during this time. And the reason why I mentioned that is because thyroid gland that's located in your neck has a, produces a hormone called thyroid hormone, and that hormone controls metabolism in your body. That means that if your thyroid is getting sluggish during this time because you're going through menopause, it's an autoimmune-related disease, you might have weight gain along with things like uh, feeling cold all the time, you might have hair loss, uh, you might have very dry skin, those are symptoms of thyroid, uh, or you might have a hyperactive thyroid, which uh, causes trouble with jitteriness, diarrhea, greasy skin, uh, and that can cause weight loss. That might also be affecting weight. So you might as well, when you're doing, getting, perhaps if you're going to see the doctor anyhow, make sure that you get your thyroid checked by having them run a blood test called a TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. Great, so all the other progesterone and estrogen, they're all going whack, and then my thyroid might go too. Is yes. that, they might join the party. Right, and we have another time when we're gonna talk about autoimmune related issues that can happen in menopause as well. Love which will include thyroid. Suzanne, I love being a woman. So it's a much. there's a lot of things. Great. It's right there. There's always it's always it's a journey, isn't it? There's a lot of things that happen, and we've been dealing with hormones our whole life. So I guess that's that takes us to finally, you know, when our hormones are finally, finally stable. Wait, is that all you can say about the shit show that's the red zone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. What's next? <laughs> Now the green zone, the it's been pastoral. It's been twelve months. It's been twelve it's months, been 12 it's my months. Last period, and I'm finally <laughs> right. in the green zone. Finally in the green zone. So you're finally postmenopausal. Your hormones are basically down to the estrogen, progesterone are down to nothing. They're not cycling anymore. Your brain is getting used to them being lower, so it's not secreting things that might be whacking your appetite and your metabolism out. So this is the light at the end of the tunnel. And that is usually when women will not have that dramatic weight gain anymore, that that will plateau. Uh, hopefully if you've been watching what you eat, you might even have some weight loss after the, at this time and you're continuing to do your good work with exercise. But, you know, remember maybe if you've decided, well, I, I kind of want to hold off on doing exercise, continue to keep that weight-bearing exercise in because that's really important for your bones. You Isn't really standing weight-bearing? Well, actually... <laughs> it is in my case. I guess... <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's so really good to use weights, actually. And we'll talk about that, too, in another podcast on osteoporosis. I want to mention, too, since we're entering the kind of that where we feel like we're a little bit less frazzled, good time to make sure you're getting your annual exam, make sure you have your cholesterol checked, blood pressure, diabetes screening tests as well, because those are all things that can be affected by weight changes and weight gain. So we wanna keep those in check or at least monitor them and make sure that we're, we have a handle on what's going on or taking the appropriate changes that we might need to keep those in control. And then um, as a family practice doc, I wanted to emphasize that if you do get weight gain in your 50s, 
that that might increase your risk of heart disease and diabetes. So take extra care of watching your diet if you have these risk factors in your family. So just wanted to mention that. Yeah, so, you know, bringing it all home, here's the thing that, and when Suzanne and I were talking about putting this episode together, we really wanted to take care because we know that girls, because it does start with little girls and women, are constantly, it's the weight. It's always the weight. Mm-hmm. We, there are women who I swear have been on a diet their entire lives. And so to have us get on this podcast and say, watch your calories, count your calories and do exercise, maybe feeling like more of the same. And we wanted to be super careful and just present things so that you know what's probably going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, we're not an advocate for being a certain weight or anything like that. We're just trying to let you know what can happen. Right. So when it comes to weight changes in perimenopause, think of it in three different phases. The yellow phase. This is where you may have already bought, brought a few extra pounds to the party, and it's possible to gain some weight as a result of some of the other symptoms we talked about, like that lack of sleep, like that stress that you're under. But you still have control of your weight during this time with decent diet and exercise. And that's really what it comes down to. Do not run to the pharmacy for this. Manage it on your own, right? Mm-hmm. And again, whether you're at the, your perfect body weight, whether you're carrying some extra pounds, or you are clinically obese. Mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, you are where you are, but start to try to manage that if you can during that yellow zone. Because here's the deal. The next thing is you enter that red zone. Remember, you enter the red zone when you have your last period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to make things fun, you won't even know it. <laughs> so how are you going to know you're in the red zone? Only your body knows. You're going to know because your hormones are jacked and you are going to gain weight, you know, to add insult to all this injury. It's probably going to show up like a bigger belly, probably not the place you're used to carrying it. And you're going to see that scale moving and you're doing everything right. You got to be okay. You got to say, yep, guess where I am? I'm in red zone. And Pay attention. This is not the time to start some crazy-ass starvation diet or some fad diet or some drugs. They don't work. And when you're done, those pounds, I guarantee, are going to come roaring back. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, this red zone is a 12-month process. In the red zone, give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. Try to love yourself for just a minute because this is a once-in-a-lifetime change. Literally, it's going to happen one time and it is not mm-hmm. going to happen again. Here's the deal. You can ride this wave knowing what you know, what we've told you today. You can ride the wave or you can let it crush you. Right. You get to choose. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we should like clip this, what you just said, and make send it to every woman who's going through menopause because that's definitely a really challenging time and people need to give themselves some love and kindness uh, because it's it's a it's a it's a hard time and we know it and and we're behind you uh, making good choices and just do what you can just go as far as you can it may be that you don't do exactly the calorie count every day you know but maybe you just pick it up again you know a few days later just that you know maybe you have a bad night's sleep and you need to rest a little bit more only you know you and what you're going through and you can only do your best every day so every day just try to do what you can and try to do your best yeah because knowing that 12 months later 
you're gonna not, you're gonna go like, oh my god, I'm at 11, 12 months now, and I haven't had a period. Oh my gosh, some of this insanity, some of this hormonal insanity is gonna die down. Mm-hmm. Somebody should throw a party in. Right. Me. Wait, no cake. I can't. <laughs> we can't celebrate with food. Um, so we're in the green zone, right? And you're then considered fully menopausal. Your crazy ass hormones are gonna be in a place that you can manage them better, and and doing the things that you've done to maintain your health are gonna become easier. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be like crazy town red zone right well good becca i feel like we covered that topic pretty well anything else you can think of uh no right just it, it's the craziest thing mm-hmm. nobody talks about it and so i want i always want us to be able to, to deliver this really good news and like there's all these solutions and mm-hmm. you know like we've been able to do with some of the other things right. we talked about but when it comes to this weight issue in our case, the best we can do is knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Right. So Absolutely. we're going to ride that one. Know that there's phases <laughs> and know there's a time where it's going to be very challenging. Yep. Uh, so I guess now we'll have a preview into our next episode. And in keeping with our most commonly complained about perimenopausal topics, the next time we're going to talk about hot flashes or fleshes or whatever you want to call them, where you spontaneously burst into flames internally. Join us from the walk-in cooler at Costco as we continue the Perimeta Podcast. If you'd like to visit our website where reference material and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at theperrymenopodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at theperrymenopodcast at gmail.com. Find more episodes in the podcast store or Google us at theperrymenopodcast.com.